Well, here we go. Off to a great start to the year with a promising new vision for Majestic. Are you really ready to step up and step out? It's so tough thinking about the effort that we will need to put forward and knowing that we have made such a bold and exciting plan for the future. The youth here at NBC have a motto that we live by. It is Jai Jai. And I want you guys to go up to and ask a student today what that means. We also have an exciting challenge and theme for 2024, and we would like to extend that challenge to our congregation as well. It's Come and See. It's an invitation to come and see Jesus for yourself. It's where you represent God well and ask people in your life to come and see our God through your life and how you live it daily. To ask people to come and witness our Creator as they spend time with you. You could also ask them to come and experience God as they spend time with your group of friends or time around your family. Boldly requesting them to come and see our Father through the way you speak, the way you react, and the way you present yourself as one approved or as one accepted. Tell me how wildly difficult this will be knowing that we are all sinners, that we all make unthinkable mistakes that we struggle with daily, and being positive that we are not even close to becoming perfect. Anybody make a mistake this week? <laughs> yes, that's the challenge. How do we represent God well and help show others how wonderful it is to be connected to and have an unbreakable relationship with our Heavenly Father? In his book, and me another brick. Charles Swindoll reminds us of something very special as representatives of God's truth. He asks, Do you communicate the truth of the Bible? Then set your heart to study God's Word and to practice what you have learned. This idea perfectly matches a new song called Come and See by Jeremy Rosado. And it is a beautiful reflection of the power of having God in your life as a believer and the unmistakable truth that he created us to love on. When I first noticed the title flash across the radio, I first thought it was a praise song by Matt Redman from about 10 years ago. But then the song started playing and something remarkable hit me right square in the heart. I probably listened to this song about another dozen times that afternoon. And after wiping away my eyes, you know, from all of the dust in the Colorado air, I made it our youth theme song for 2024. I don't know how music moved you or inspires you, but it definitely encourages and drives my life. Joyful Christians often enjoy music. Have you ever noticed how it's hard to worry while singing songs to God? Well, that's another inspiring Swindoll quote. I wanted to share this song with you by reading it out loud, but I know that, that it will have a way greater impact if I just play it for you. So, please, open up your hearts and listen to these words. I've seen the low as slow you could imagine I've walked the thing to you would not believe Some might say the miracles don't happen but I believe the miracle is me. Come and see what God has done. Come and see who I've become. Ever since I met Amazing. 
Impressive, right? So everyone, please attempt to make the words of this song your prayer throughout the year. So what do you think about it? What part of the song impacted you the most? What did you hear that there may be some need for you to absorb? What verse might have moved your spirit? The reason I'm asking is because I want us all to think about what we would want others in the community to know and feel about belonging to God. Hebrews 13, 6 says, We say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That's the purpose of the song, Come and See, to be that encouragement cornerstone. And as well, to help others receive the opportunity to get close to God like we are. We do this with the youth on Thursday nights, and it is so inspiring what they take away when we break down the words of the song. As a believer, you know God. So what's keeping you from letting everyone else around you enjoy Him too? You know, I have a question. What do people that you were around this past week know about God now that you have spent time with Him? Well, let's see. What truths do we tell people about? What biblical advice do we share? 
What evidence in our life do we give to help others see God's saving grace? I thought about this song a lot and the way current music can actually affect us. Right now, media mentions that it seems to be the trend lately to imply that we are losing or failing in some form of race here on earth. But then, the composer will have their inspired words of the song turn to hope once we hear how amazing our Creator truly is and listen to how His plan is so much bigger and better than ours. My heart only hopes that you would agree that He has a way superior plan. In studying, I discovered these four biblical truths to assist us in helping others come and see God. The first is to have a dependable presence. When you first accept the presence of God into your life, you realize how important he is to sustaining a virtuous life ahead. But with knowing ourselves and the struggles that we go through, every pitfall and every snare should be met with study, worship, fellowship, and prayer. This simply means that you remember the impactful purpose you have as you daily desire to draw close to him and replenish your life with God's instructions, Jesus' examples, and the Holy Spirit's guidance. Don't just seek, but find. Don't just realize, but remember who you are in him every single moment you are here. Don't hesitate to ask God to draw close to you. Accomplishment or failure. We have always needed him for every aspect of our life. Jeremiah 29, 11-13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all. Every bit of you guys, he's saying all your heart. Wow, now that is a connection. We often look to God when we have a need for direction. Maybe some missed master plan or what we need to do about some peculiar situation. Well, as a young man, I came to him after I had rededicated my life to try and understand where he might want me to go and serve. My rededication kind of reminded me of Walmart. They will return just about any item in about any shape. And that's kind of how I felt. And after the step away from faith that I took, it sure made me feel super worthy to know that my God is even better than Walmart on his return policy. So never take for granted what he thinks about us. He will always want and welcome us back. Anyhow, when I started working for the Kentucky Baptist Association, I was actually accepted by the International Mission Board to go to Australia. This was a dream of mine for a long time, simply interrupted by my sin and the step off of my path. In time, though, all of the prep was made and training accomplished. I thought I was ready as all get out, but God had other plans. I had to listen, and my heart had to soften for what He wanted to provide. About three weeks from my departure, a need came about for a leader up at Camp Arabro the Royal Ambassador Brothers. It's one of the Baptist camps up in Shelbyville, Kentucky. There was Cedarmore and Cedarcrest and Arabro, and Arabro was the smallest and most remote. I never thought that I would ever have an assignment like this. Out in the middle of nowhere, fighting off mosquitoes, maintaining horses, and preparing ziplines. 
all to attempt to provide a great experience for the campers to attend. It wasn't about my selfish need to understand. It was about me remembering that God's plans are always better. That summer actually led me to be a part of one of the Sun Teams, S-O-N. I was on Sunbound, and we went around to churches and provided a sporty Bible camp. It was who I was supposed to be as a missionary at that time of my life. Psalm 16, 5-11 says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Guys, we need to do that, right? We need to. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. I love that. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Wow, such great words. Guys, purposefully read, worship, pray, keep in his presence, and remember him daily. Be willing to intentionally follow his path and plan by walking and living in. The second point to help others come and see is to know that you have a reliable power. The initial place our power comes from is in being redeemed, right? Second Peter first three, one. 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who calls us by His own glory and goodness. Every corrupt thing that holds us down can be extinguished with redemption. Maybe we don't feel worthy because of our past, but we couldn't be more wrong. God's touch and gift of mercy has more magnitude in its power than anything else anything that could ever control us or dictate how we live. Our decisions and faith allow God to wash us clean, and they motivate us to reveal to others how we get through that struggle alongside our Heavenly Father. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Know in my heart that the gift of grace leads us to testify. When we warm up, prepare, practice, and are ready, He will send us out. I feel bolder every day, more strengthened to share every day by the only real power of joy. That's God's. Second Timothy 1 7 mentions, For the Spirit God gives us does not make us timid, but gives us power love, and self-discipline. Power comes from and grows as it is rooted in fellowship. Does anybody know who Orlando Tubby Smith is? He was one of the most influential University of Kentucky Wildcat coaches from 1997 to 2007. Amongst other coaching positions, in his 31 years as a head coach, Smith achieved 26 winning seasons. In 2005, he joined four other coaches as the only head coaches to win 365 games in 15 seasons or fewer. Smith became only the second coach in history to lead five different teams to the NCAA tournament. Crazy, huh? 
He had the most incomparable knack for rebuilding a team with his vision of unity. Do you think that this man might have any inclination or know a little something about teamwork? Colossians 1.11 says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Well, there's a story about Tubby that always impressed me about his integrity as a leader and his knowledge for what it takes to become a fruitful teammate. He was scouting a student in Owensboro, Kentucky that was considered to be the best of the best at that time. A remarkably talented kid that was supposedly going to be the next big star. But Tubby didn't recruit like the other coaches did. He would sit and hide up in the rafters so to not draw attention to the players that he was able to present. He was watching this young man's team practice and he noticed something very peculiar. They were running a simple weaving drill. Three players from three separate lines would take off together, weaving through each other as they dribbled down the court and passed to each other in unison. When they reached the other end of the court, one of the three would then lay up the ball into the basket. Easy, right? And then the players would return to the three beginning lines. Now, as Mr. Smith looked on, he noticed that every time this superstar got up to the front of the line, he would bow out. He just slid around to the rear of the line, listening to his music, dribbling his own ball by himself, and seemingly unaware of the rest of the team. It seemed as if he wasn't in the slightest bit concerned about the atmosphere of the practice or showing any concern to help his team grow. All he had to do was share the ability and skill he had been blessed with, and the whole of the team could have excelled together. So what comes next will knock your socks off. After witnessing this very poor bout of anti-team-driven sportsmanship, Coach went down to the floor to speak with the boys' head coach. Upon seeing Mr. Smith, this young man's mood completely changed, and he started bragging about why this UK coach must be there. Well, looks like I'm going to be a wildcat, he said. Tubby talked to the coach for a very short amount of time and started to leave. This young man ran over to the coach and catch him because he was a little confused why he did not take the time to approach him or ask for an interview. As the player started to talk, well, about himself, Tubby very politely interrupted and said, Best wishes to you on a good season. The still confused boy rudely asked, Are you or are you not here to see me perform? Coach Smith said, Yes, I was. And I saw how you performed. So, best wishes to you on a good season. And started walking away again. The boy persisted and received a statement that he probably was not even close to being ready for. Tubby said, we don't count on a single guy. We have to rely on every family member on the court. Now, this young player might not have quite understood how important the whole body is to the team. One thing did get his attention. Tubby had already handed the coach something that now made sense. It was a contract torn up into eight small pieces. It was for an entire, full, complete four-year scholarship to come and be a part of the University of Kentucky's basketball roster. Ouch! Oh, that stung! You know, Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Come on, guys. Witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I really hate to ask, but what kind of witness are you? Simply because you never know who may be observing you or paying attention to you. You see, people know how you are because they watch, they listen. 
They know who has a genuine and caring heart. They know who is truly capable to appreciate them and who is willing to provide for them without grumbling. Their attitude is one of a teammate. Their passion is one of a teammate. And their sacrifice has only one motive, to be the best teammate possible. It reminds me of when I see others who know all about the benefits of being a child of God and selfishly not letting others in on it, holding back the blessings that they were given to not generously share. It's sad, hiding who we represent as a Christian because of what? Because of convenience or environment, fear, or maybe embarrassment? We could be the co-stars of God's heavenly-minded, gospel-inspired, kingdom-driven dream team. You guys know I'm ready for the Olympics, right? Allowing his light to shine brightly through us as we accept his power to do so. Our faith, our will, all comes from what we know about God's attributes and what he is capable of. That's the only real power we're talking about today. Isaiah 40, 29-31 says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, taking a hike will always be more comfortable when you deliberately follow your guide. It doesn't mean that you won't get weary or stump your toe. It just means you'll have the confidence to get to your destination, heaven, and end up where you want to go. There are so many books in the Bible that give us a vision of faith, how to obediently serve, and of how his power embraces what we do for others. In First and Second Corinthians, we are given a glimpse of how powerful our witness and testimony truly can be to others around us that do not have what we have. They don't, they don't have that peace or joy, or comfort, or connection that we may have with God. Listen up. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Listen, 1 Corinthians 2.5, So that our faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power, you guys are getting it. Come on. 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of power is not a matter of talk, but of power. Come on. Don't let go. 1 Corinthians 6.14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us up also. Keep on going. 2 Corinthians 12.9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's Power may rest on me. I believe that's a very positive thing that we can boast about. It's knowing all about what, what God can do for us and through us. This is what we endeavor to instill into the students that come to our summer power camp for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Knowing that our power comes from putting God first. We teach that our lives are built upon these significant things. These ideas are this, his glory, having his team assembled to help us grow, accepting his unshakable love for us, making our identity in him, appreciating his gifts to share, 
looking forward to his replenishments, promoting his freedom freely given, enjoying his fruits, and upholding his evidence. Our third point to help others come and see is to have a trustworthy plan. You know, your way, your call, your journey, your walk, your path, whatever you would like to call what the future holds for you in God's eyes, it is called a plan. His plan for you is to become and remain that faithful, obedient, and fruitful servant. That's what we're talking about today. Truth, faith in God is going to be displayed through our actions. And God works through our actions to accomplish his purposes. In this world, we all know that living out our faith can be difficult. It can make such an impactful difference for the kingdom of God when we put our faith into action. Now, if you have experienced salvation in Jesus, then it will be evident by the fruit of your serve. Remember what Matthew 20, 26 reminds us about being a productive servant? That in order to be great, we must serve. So why would our stories of growth here have any merit to other people who don't live for God? Because these stories reveal to others a spiritually healthier plan, and also a glimpse of how to handle this world with God by their side. You could wear a cross or have an ichthus fish tattooed on you, or you could be as cordial as you may want to be. But in these fish bowls that we live in within our community, we need something of more substantial influence. Wouldn't you agree? We need others to see Jesus in our reactions, our attitudes, our voices, our generosity, our gratitude. Otherwise, it just seems like a fight. And you have to understand that we are not trying to win an argument. We're trying to win people's souls. Come on, guys. Now, one of the most important people in my life told me that, and I never ever want to give up that focus. Now, one person did this very well. His training methods were backed up by his faith, and it made him a very trustworthy disciple. Does anybody know who John Wooden is? He was a real famous coach for the UCLA Bruins. He said one of my most favorite quotes ever, talent is God-given. Be humble. Fame is man-given. Be grateful. Conceit is self-given. Be careful. <laughs> please, please let me repeat that. Talent is God-given. Be humble. Fame is man-given. Be grateful. Conceit is self-given. Be very careful. Man, that hurts. Actually, Coach Wooten had a kind of famous basketball star play for him in the late 60s. Ferdinand Louis Alcindor Jr. Anybody remember Alou Alcindor? You know who that is, right? Yes, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And it was before he played for the Bucks and Lakers for his extraordinary two-decade-long professional career. Kareem actually started a move that couldn't be guarded by anyone. It turned into what we know now as a hook shot. He had to do something special because the rule was that you weren't even allowed to dunk back in that day. Anyways, back to Coach Wooden. This man was admired for several reasons, including a very impressive and accomplished championship-winning coaching career. But the thing that seemingly stood out the most when people mentioned his name was his pyramid of success. Could you take a guess 
of what might be at the very pinnacle of his pyramid that he created? He was the perfect come-and-see guy because he lived his life the way he structured his pyramid. And after asking you to guess, I'll be happy to tell you that his faith, that he openly shared passionately, was at the very top tier of his pyramid of success. Here is a picture to see for yourself. Do you happen to see some of the other qualities that are easily associated with a faith-based program? Let's look. I see, I see patience, integrity. There's reliability up there. Honesty, sincerity. Oh, I see loyalty. And I see self-control. It looks and sounds like several sought-out virtues that make up a good team. I absolutely love this affluent quote of his. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation, because your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. There's nothing quite like being refined to serve than to be refined by someone who cares deeply about your progress and appreciates you as a mentor. Psalm 32 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye. Another way God shows us our plan is when he chooses to restore us. Does anybody know who Corey Ten Boom is? Oh, well, now I see there are a lot more readers out there than uh, sports fans. Okay. Her family were believers and helped Jews by saving nearly 800 people throughout the Holocaust during World War II. After being betrayed, her family was sent to the Ravensbrück concentration camp. While incarcerated, her sister Betsy said that she had a dream that they would both be free soon. Her sister was sadly executed at the camp, but Corey was actually released because of a clerical error. Betsy was right. They were both now free. Throughout her life, Corey remained devoted to the underprivileged and started a worldwide ministry and traveled around the world as a public speaker to speak to the persecuted. In her memoir, The Hiding Place, she mentioned, There is no pit so deep. That God's love is not deeper still. Now, hopefully you've heard that before. This is what the Bible said. Proverbs 19.21 Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose. That you see, because of Jesus and his sacrifice, we can now live with joy regardless of our situations. Our joy is rooted in an eternal perspective, and not in earthly circumstances. We know that we will face some hardships in our lives, but God makes us stronger when we endure in our faith through those hardships. We may often be weak in our faith, but God uses those trials and pitfalls in our lives to make us bolder in that faith. When we work together with other believers and persist in our confidence through those trials, God can then strengthen and mature our faith in Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Woo! What a relief to know that! Now, I guess we get the chance now to let, every, let everyone else know that. The fourth and final way to help others come and see is to understand that the Bible tells us that we have a consistent protection. I'll ask again, has anybody failed this week? Has anybody faltered or struggled with anything? 
Or did anybody make an error that changed their plans? When you lean on and trust in God, he will protect you from every barricade this life could ever possibly throw at you. Even when I was at my worst, he still loved on me, He tried to instruct me, tried to provide for me, and he definitely tried to protect me. And like me, have you ever asked why you might still be around after the life that you have lived through? He has always had a plan for us, whether we pay attention to it or not, whether we take it on or not. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right. Isn't that a valuable relief to know that he has a reason for your unique and special soul to be here? I know it's super difficult to hold your tongue and not ask why. My advice to you is to do everything in your power to not have any doubt in his reasons. Proverbs 18.21 says, The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Amen? I remember as a child, a young child, we had a Palomino named Casper. We went out to the Genina Farms one day to take a ride. I was about 13 and my little brother John was about two. So he rode with my mom on her quarter horse. As we rode, we chose to go a different direction than we had in the past. It led us to a very slim path in between a very steep ascending hill going up to the left of us and a very steep descending hill going down to the right of us with a little brook down at the bottom of the hill. The path was not wide at all, and we were in the rear. Casper was very young and very impatient, so he kept trying to move around to get ahead. He kept picking at and biting at the horse my mom and brother were on. I couldn't imagine that she liked that very much, and she finally got tired of the irritation. Now I know this because she reared and kicked Casper right in the chest, sending us both right down the hill towards the brook. It was me, then him, rolling, then me, then him, rolling. I didn't have a clue at the time why God would have protected me. I never could have imagined the life he had in store for me or the ministries he would have blessed my life with. I was an eighth of the horse's weight. Could you imagine seeing us rolling down this hill? If we had been on a flat surface, I would have been crushed. I know that it was only by God's divine protection that I am alive and here today to relate the good news that God is watching over us to keep us in gear to build and share his kingdom. Psalms 91, 1-5, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Now, pestilence can either be translated as plague or disease. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Oh, and rampart is translated as protection. You will not fear. So, what's plaguing you right now that you might desperately need? protection. Staying in Psalm 91, later in the passage in verses 9 through 11, it says, if you say, the Lord is my refuge, 
you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all. Guys, you hear that word, right? All your ways. Now, obviously talking about war. Let's get real. What sins are you at war with right now that might make you doubt you may be here? Now, even later in the passage, in verses 14 and 15, it says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You should know now that you are here to be obedient. So trust that his plan is mightier than anything we could ever come up with on our own. Why in the world do you think that there are so many passages in the Bible that show us how to be strong and courageous in him? So prepare. Prepare to go whenever he may ask you to step up. Psalms 122, 7-8 says, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. That's a super amen to that, especially if you're trouble like me. I had several types of wrecks and accidents as I grew up. BMX wrecks, horse wrecks, four-wheeler wrecks. I am not quite for sure what my fascination was about trying to jump things. But I was one of those kids that looked at an obstacle and said, Hmm, I bet I could clear that. <laughs> Dangerous, right? Well, that was me and my youth. But the only two vehicle wrecks I've ever been involved in throughout my life, I was the passenger. My first one was when I was 15. Some friends and I were out and about cruising Princeton. We were in an old truck, three in the front and five in the back including me. We went to Burger Queen, got some hush puppies and ketchup, and were ready to go out on the town. Somehow, we ended up out in Farmersville on a small gravel road. We went down and around a corner at the same time and lost control of the vehicle. As we fishtailed out of control, we veered off to the left side of the road where there was this ditch with a small hill. We ended up sliding alongside this small hill like a skateboard sliding down a rail. <laughs> we couldn't have gone over to the right side of the road to drive through a flat field. Nope, we had to go the wrong way, the hard way. Anyhow, with all of the commotion of the accident, three people in the middle of the truck bed went flying out over the front of the truck into a creek bed. Another stayed tucked up underneath by the hub, and then there was me. I held on as long as I could as we tore through a couple of small trees, but once we hit a thicker one, I was catapulted. I actually landed in between two trees that were about five feet apart from each other. There was a lot of bushy growth that had made what I can only describe as a seat, simply because I believe God caught me, turned me around, and laid me down safely in this area that just barely seemed to fit me like a chair. Psalms 138.7 says, I walk in the midst of trouble. That's me. You preserve my life. Amen. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes, and with your right hand you save me. To tell you the truth, I wasn't really hurt until I tried to take a step and realized that there was nothing there below me. I surprisingly fell on my face, about five feet to the ground, from up in the tree. Now, amongst all of the other accidents, 
had to be a reason he kept me here. He rescued me to give me a future and an insight into his unmeasurable protection. I noticed that there are a lot of passages in our, in our instruction library that talks about protection. Mentioned in the phrases like, take refuge or find refuge or get shield. You see, it's extremely important for us to admit to God that we need him in his armor. And we should never, ever wonder if God is going to be with us wherever we go. Now, allow me to read a few verses to show you. And if you don't catch all of these verses this morning, please take a snapshot of the screen and definitely go back during this week to check out the stories and passages from this inspiring list. Let's start. Psalms 34, 22. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. All right? Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Watch out. Psalms 18.30, as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's words are flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. Now, guys, I really like that one. Psalms 119.114, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. All right, come on. Second Timothy 4.18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Tell me about it. Proverbs 35, every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. You know, guys, I wouldn't get mad if I heard like, like an amen or a hallelujah or don't hurt me, preacher. Um, you know, just saying. Here we go. Psalms 3, 3. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. Guys, light it up with these verses. Come on, light it up. Nahum 1, 7. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Here you go. 2 Samuel 22, 3 through 4. The Lord is my rock. I fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take. What? What is it? Refuge. That's right. Refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge. Guys, think about it. Think about how much we can appreciate these words of freedom. A couple more. Psalms 511. Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy spreading your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Come on, do it, guys. Get up on this last one. Psalms 32.7, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Yes. Whew, hallelujah. Isn't that all good news? To know that we will be safe in his arms. Guys, our foundation our guidance, and our protection all comes from the Lord. It's truly boggling that we can't see the need to recognize that we cannot correct the wrongs in our lives by ourselves. Now, I hope that today we can all see that this is our opportunity to confirm our devotion to the Lord and put our arms out as he extends his to us and say, yes, yes, Lord. I will trust in you. Yes, Lord, I will lean on you. Yes, my Lord, I will accept 
your way for my life. We often talk about looking to our Creator, allowing Him to reign in our lives and save us from this despicable world. And now that we are a little more prepared, and now that we know a little more about what it takes, who's with me and ready to help people in this community to come and see? By the way, what do you think the word salvation actually stands for? Well, if you've never heard, it means to be rescued. Come on, saved, rescued. Let him rescue you today and start representing him in the way he deserves. All he wants to do is love us. Let him. All he wants from our lives is obedience. Give it. And all he desires to share is eternity. So accept it and let us enjoy it together forevermore. If you are with me, say, I Father, thank you so very much for guidance. Thank you so very much for giving us the way to show people who you really truly are. We need your strength to represent you well. So Father, give us that. Show us exactly who you want us to be. Help us to mirror your son. And Father, help us to show others how to come and see you in every of their life. Father, keep us healthy, strong, and focused on you. In your holy, precious name we pray. Amen.